have a Bible with you tonight, I encourage you to open it with me to John, the Gospel of John, chapter 18. John, chapter 18. So we're continuing in our study, What's Wrong With You People? Uh, you're maybe new here this evening, haven't been in any of these studies thus far. It's uh, not necessarily a derogatory uh, barb that I'm throwing at, at you here tonight, uh, but it's the, the title to the study that I'm borrowing from a quote from R.C. Sproul. Uh, as we explore the state of theology in the church today, and uh, as we've seen, as we've discovered, there's so, certainly uh, a lot to be concerned about. Uh, a lot of uh, concerning results coming out of the survey that was conducted about what people believe uh, in regards to God and the faith today. And so tonight, we're going to continue on in that. And I think that what we're going to look at tonight, we, we may discover um, the underlying cause of what we've already been looking at. Um, I, I think we could maybe say it this way. What we've looked at previously uh, is symptomatic. They are the symptoms, not necessarily the issue. Uh, and I think tonight we, we may be getting pretty close uh, to the issue and uh, what's, what's being discovered about the state of theological affairs in the church today. When we hear the word treasure, for many, the first thought that comes to mind is perhaps gold or silver, diamonds or some other highly valuable metal or gemstone. And the value of those items comes in parts because they're rare. You don't just find them everywhere. Um, and so because of that, to have them, to possess them, uh, is, is seen as a great value. Uh, many in their lives have invested much in trying to secure such treasures as that. But the Bible calls us to pursue a greater treasure than these worldlings. To pursue a treasure that's far beyond gold or silver or diamonds or some other precious metal. And that treasure is truth. The Bible calls us to pursue truth. And I believe that the greatest treasure in our day and the greatest treasure that we can possess is truth. And the reason I say that is because truth is perhaps the rarest of all commodities in our world now. The Bible says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 23, the book of wisdom, imparting wisdom to us, God said, buy truth and do not sell it. Buy truth. God's wisdom is you need to get all the truth that you can get. And when you get the truth, you hold on to the truth. You don't relinquish the truth. You don't let go of the truth. But as I said, unfortunately, truth is a rare and precious commodity in our day. We see that in culture where truth is now relevant. And many believe themselves to be truth makers. That is, those who say truth is what they say it is. They make truth. Because I say it's true. It is. Uh, the results of this are catastrophic, as we've seen, where there is no true truth, only your truth, 
Society is fragmented into islands of individuals setting up their own kingdoms. And we see this, don't we? I mean, we, we hear some of the arguments that are put forth, some of the conversations that, that uh, take place, and it's like talking to a brick wall, beating your head against a brick wall. And, and the reason for that is because truth is now irrelevant to so many. Because it's not their truth. When truth becomes relevant, moral and relational chaos is the natural result. Everybody living their truth leads to one big mess. We see that in culture. But it's not just happening in culture. The sad results of the survey reveal that the loss of truth is happening in the church as well. The State of Theology survey that is kind of uh, guiding us in this study on Wednesday night shows that more and more believers, evangelicals, are rejecting the idea of absolute truth. There were several questions asked in the survey that touched on the existence of absolute truth. One was statement 16, or question 16 if you prefer, where those surveys were asked, the Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. The Bible, like all sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. So there's a couple of things in that statement that should really just jump out to us. Number one, the Bible is not like all other books. The Bible is a divinely inspired book. And furthermore, the Bible is true. The question was presented, and the results showed that 53% of all U.S. adults agreed with the statement. Well, that's not surprising. It shouldn't be surprising. 53% of adults in the world today, in our culture today, uh, yeah, it's really more of a, a confirmation of the sinful nature. In Romans 1, Paul says that uh, in unrighteousness, they have suppressed the truth. They have put away the truth, and they do that by denying God's word in part. What's interesting is that over the eight years in which the survey has been conducted and this statement has been asked, um, this particular area has been the clearest and most consistent trend revealed. And so what they've seen over a period of eight years in conducting the survey is that this one question, this one issue of the Bible being true, an absolute truth, uh, they've seen the most consistent movement away from that than in either, any other aspect. In 2014, when the first survey was conducted, 41% and now 53%. So you've got a pretty substantial increase taking place there. But it's not just an at-large issue. Because when you break the numbers down, what you sadly discover is that within the church, there are many who don't see the Bible as being true. The results reveal that among evangelicals, 26% agreed with the statement. 26% of confessing evangelicals 
said that they agreed that the Bible is like all other sacred writings, contains helpful accounts of ancient myths, but is not literally true. That's an increase of 9% from just six years ago. So what you see there is nearly the same trend as the population at large. The researchers, in revealing the findings of a survey, wrote the following regarding this trend among evangelicals. Embracing the reality of objective truth is necessary to a right and proper understanding of the world. Scripture affirms that God is truth, and because the Bible is His word, Scripture is truth as well. Despite the testimony of Scripture, evangelicals increasingly believe that the Bible is not literally true. And then there was another question, perhaps a little bit more pointed. Question or statement 31. They ask, religious belief is a matter of personal opinion. It is not about objective truth. 60% of all U.S. adults agree, and 37%, one out of three evangelicals agreed with that statement. That religious belief is just a matter of personal opinion and not connected and not about objective truth. Among evangelicals, there's been a 6% increase of those who agreed with that statement over the last four years. And I think it's this trend, this understanding or lack of understanding in regards to truth that explains the other results. When truth is lost or truth is denied, there's not a vacuum. If you don't have truth, you have error. If you don't have truth, you have a lie. And so when truth is replaced, it is replaced with that which is false. Again, Paul makes this plain to us in Romans chapter 1. There he says, they exchange the truth about God for a lie. When you deny the truth, you're making an exchange. You're rejecting truth and adopting a lie. And so when the idea of objective and absolute truth is lost, you're on a very slippery, slippery slope to a, a bad destination. And I think there's probably no greater demonstration of the denial of truth and what it leads to than the text I want us to look at tonight. John chapter 18, verses 33 through 38. John 18, 33 through 38. So this is Jesus before Pilate. And the conversation that is shared. Hear the word of God tonight. John 18, beginning with verse 33. So Pilate entered his headquarters again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you say this of your own accord, or did others say it to you about me? Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom 
is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting, that I might not be delivered over to the Jews. But my kingdom is not from the world. Then Pilate said to him, So you are a king. Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this purpose I was born, and for this purpose I have come into the world, to bear witness to the truth. Everyone who is of the truth listens to my voice. Pilate said to him, What is truth? Oh, how that question is still being asked today. This passage gives us the interaction with Jesus before Pilate. It's a surprising Christmas text, isn't it? It's amazing to me how many places we find Christmas in the Bible. Here, at the end of his earthly ministry, almost. Here at the climax of his earthly ministry, certainly. Jesus tells us, the purpose for which I was born and have come into this world is to bear witness to the truth. Jesus came in truth for the truth, to show us the truth, to reveal truth. John 14, 6, Jesus declared just a few chapters prior to his uh, apostles there in the upper room, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the light. Pilate hears this from Jesus, and his response is that of many today, both outside and inside the church. What is truth? Don't think that Pilate was asking that in an inquisitive way. Oh, Jesus, you're here for the purpose of truth. Well, then tell me what that is. Commenting on Pilate's retort to Jesus, Stephen Lawson says, This question raised by Pilate when Jesus Christ stood trial before him, exposed his own worldview. He lived in a world in which absolute truth did not exist. I think Pilate's voice was dismissive and filled with disdain. I imagine he sneered in mockery, angry that Christ dared to speak with truth. And though he looked straight into the face of the incarnate truth, he could not discern it. Pilate was like so many today. A postmodernist, but one living in pre-modern times. I think he's absolutely right. When Pilate said, what is truth? It was a sneer at the proclamation that Christ had just given. That he came for truth. But why all this trouble over truth? Why is truth so important? Well, because as believers, we are to love the truth. We are to worship in truth. We are to walk in truth. We are to share the truth. We are to guard the truth. And there's many more things that we could say. So if we don't believe in truth, none of that's going to happen. So we need to understand the treasure of truth. And that means that we must know that truth is absolute. Truth is certain. Truth is sure. So tonight as we think about truth and being people of truth and being a church that loves the truth and worships the truth and walks in truth and shares the truth and guards the truth, I want to give you six reasons 
that we can say with certainty there is absolute truth. That there is true truth in our world today. The truth is not what you say it is. The truth is not what you make it to be. You and I are not truth makers. There's only one who is. And when we deny that, we're sliding down the slippery slope. And Paul is the perfect example of what happens when you do. So let me give you these six reasons to uphold absolute truth. Number one, truth is divine. Think about that. Just a minute. Truth is divine. Truth is not determined in the court of public opinion. Rather, truth comes from above because God is the author of truth. He is, in fact, the God of truth. Isaiah 65, 16. Jesus Christ, His Son, is the truth. When He came to us, John declared in John 1, verse 14, that He came full of grace and what? Truth. Grace and truth. God is true. Jesus is true. The Holy Spirit is true. He is a spirit of truth. Jesus says this in John 14, 17, and in John 15, 6, in this last discourse there, as he's talking about giving another who will come and, and be with those who know him. And ultimately, we can say that God's word is true as well. In John 17, 17, Jesus prayed to the Father, sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. Think, think how absurd it is for one who would confess to know Christ and then yet deny that absolute truth exists. To make that denial is to wash away the means of sanctification that have been given to you. Sanctify them in truth. Your word is truth. You deny the truth of God's words. You deny that absolute truth does exist and your means of sanctification are gone. We must realize that truth is divine because of where truth originates from. From God himself, who is truth. Therefore, all truth is God's truth. So whatever God says is true, is true. This is what Paul says in Romans 3, 4. Let God be true, though everyone else a liar. So when we hear the denial of absolute truth existing, what's really taking place is the denial of, of the existence of the absolute God who is true. Without God, there can be no absolutes. And so one of the reasons I think we've seen such an attack on truth and against truth and a denial of truth is because the enemy understands where truth comes from. From God himself. So when you hear truth being attacked, when you hear truth being refuted, understand that at least in part, whether understood or, or uh, uh, at least underneath the surface, 
It's an attack against the God who is true. Truth is divine. So when we hear that one-third of evangelical survey deny objective truth, there's a lot at stake with this. We begin to understand how they, they can conceive that God can change. Well, if you don't believe in absolute truth, if you don't believe that God's word is true, well, then you really don't believe what it says about God to begin with. We begin to understand how we form opinions of ourselves rather than having an understanding of how God says we are. Truth matters because truth is divine. Second, we know that truth is absolute because truth is universal as well. Truth is universal. For some, the denial of absolute truth is not necessarily the denial of truth itself, but rather a reconfiguration of it. There's some who would say, I don't believe in absolute truth, but sure, there's truth that's there. And in essence, what they're doing or what they're acknowledging is that they would hold to relative truth. When truth is not absolute, it becomes relative. Meaning what's true for one is not necessarily true for another. I have my truth, you have your truth. You live your truth, I'll live my truth. But truth doesn't operate in that fashion. Truth is universal. What I mean by that is that something cannot be both true and not true. All truth is universally true. God is true. And God is over all, therefore His truth is over all as well. This is some of the absurdity that we see happening in our culture today. One of the areas that we'll get to, uh, Lord willing, um, and, and, and I think it's something we, we need to deal with in light of the, the survey results and in light of what's happening in our culture as well, is the, the issue of uh, gender identity. If there's ever been a place to say what's wrong with you people, it's right there. What is wrong with you people? And the absurdity that goes on in that, that you can be this and then you can be that, and then it, it, it takes truth and just blows it into oblivion. Because truth is not relative, truth is absolute. And this is one of the reasons we find it, I think, hard sometimes to interact and to dialogue and those engagements. Because when you're dealing with something that is relative, something that is liquid, something that is, is shapeable to whatever you want it to be, how do you really begin to refute that? Or to logically interact with it? Well, you can't. But when that goes out the window, you better buckle up. Truth is universal. What it means is there is no place where truth is not true. And the truth speaks to all people in all places. If it's true, it's true. It can't be not true. And if it's not true, it can't be true. But when we deny absolute truth, we're 
doing away with that universal aspect of true truth. And craziness ensues. Number three. Truth is singular. Truth is singular. What I mean by that is that truth is from and found in the one true God. Let God be true and every man alive. He is the God of truth, the source of truth. And as such, truth is singular. And in that, such truth is always consistent. Francis Schaeffer, a name some of you may recognize, he was a, a Christian apologist, intellectual philosopher, a uh, generation ago now. And he said, Christianity is not a series of truths in the plural, but rather truth spelled with a capital T. It is the truth. And when we deny absolute truth, that's what we're denying. That there is no the truth. But because God is one, his truth is one. And James Boyce, I think, captures this idea when he says, truth holds together. There's no phase of truth that is not related to every other phase of truth. All things that are true, uh, all things that are true are part of the truth and stand in proper, rela proper relationship to God who is himself true. <coughs> so what this means is there's not your truth and my truth. There's only the truth. And we, we understand how important this is, don't we? Because when two people walk into a courtroom with a dispute, they both walk in there thinking that they've got the truth, don't they? But the aim of that judge or that jury is to discover what is the truth. The singular truth. And when you lose that, again, we're in a pretty bad place. So we hold to absolute truth because truth, by its very definition, by its form, is singular in its content. There is only the truth. Number four. Truth is objective. Truth is objective. <clears throat> what that means is that truth is not subjective. It's not conformed or twisted based upon one's opinion or personality. Rather, truth is propositional, impartial, unbiased, nonpartisan. And as such, truth can be observed, discussed, studied, analyzed, believed, proclaimed, and defended. And so a lot of times I think what we're seeing happening, especially in our culture today and all the craziness that's surrounding us is It's almost like we're looking at an alternate reality. And pardon the pun, the truth of it is you are. Because you've got people who are denying the objective reality that is before them. The truth that is staring them square in the face. Listen to me. If Pilate did it with truth incarnate before him, you better believe people are still going to do it in our day. Think about that. The truth was speaking 
face to face with him, and Pilate said, it was true. We're simply seeing the proliferation of that in our culture. They're denying the objective reality of that which is true. Why is truth absolute? Because it's objective. Number five. Why is truth absolute? Because truth is immutable. Immutable. This is where we started in the study. The first thing that we looked at in the survey results. And what we realized, or hopefully we're reminded of, is that God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, in connection to our topic tonight, if he is the God of truth, and he is the God of truth who does not change, what does that mean about truth? Truth doesn't change. It remains the same. What that then means is right is always right, and wrong, always wrong. What it means is sin is always sin, and Jesus will always say who calls upon him. What we realize is that truth is permanent, it's fixed, it's established. Truth is inflexible, unvarying, constant, lasting, enduring, timeless, unchanging. And as such, truth is always relevant. Always relevant. The truth is able to deal with the issues of our day with great insight. Truth is never outdated, never obsolete, it never expires, it never tires, never wanes, and never ceases to be true. What is true today will be true still. Tomorrow, the next day to come. Truth is immutable. But when we deny the existence of truth, when we deny the absolute truth, then we're living in a world where error and falsehood and lies and change is always taking place. It's a world that there's no foundation. It's a slippery slope. Number five, truth is immutable. Number six, what we realize about truth is that it is authoritative. And I think this is probably one of the reasons so many reject truth in our day. Truth is heavenly, holy, sometimes it's hard and sometimes it's harsh. To acknowledge the existence of the absolute truth is to acknowledge that I'm under the authority of the one who is true. And this takes us all the way back to the beginning, doesn't it? In the garden with Adam and Eve. Where the God of all truth had placed them in a paradise setting. But yet the father of lies crept in and beguiled them. Half God really said, Is this really the truth? Do you really want to live under his authority? Truth is authoritative. It carries God's authority, and as such, truth is binding upon us. And ultimately, what we realize about truth is that by truth, we will one day be judged. We will one day be held accountable. 
And I think for many, they want to reject that. They want to deny that. And listen to me, they can deny it. They can believe it's not the case, that it's not reality, that there is no absolute truth. But understand this, the God of truth will bring his truth to pass. God is true. His word is true. His ways are true. And ultimately, that truth will play itself out in our world. So as we think about absolute truth, why it's so important, why it matters, why we shouldn't deny it, and why we must hold to it, let me leave you with just one final thought. If we lose absolute truth, if we deny absolute truth, we've lost the hope of salvation. Truth is supernatural in its operation. What did Jesus say in John 8, 32? You will know the truth, and the truth will what? make you free. How sad it is that so many are throwing away the key that can unlock them from their sin. So really what's playing out with us in the arena of truth is spiritual warfare, the tactics of the enemy, an attack against the God who is true. But tonight I hope that you'll be a people I hope that you'll be a believer who will hold fast to truth. And there will be a church that will love the truth, live for the truth, long for the truth, and share the truth with others as well. Let's pray.